Today it is Q&A inshallah and it is going to be only for half an hour Sorry for one hour inshallah, one hour Q&A Because I have uh, other commitments and uh, I'm not feeling well So inshallah Q&A So please get your questions ready Barakallahu alaikum Islam is there any question? Any questions, Monica? please what kind of charity is best the Prophet ﷺ said of the sadaqah sadaqah to sin the charity that you give secretly the charity that is giving secretly extinguishes Allah's anger so that's the best sadaqah that you give something for the sake of Allah and no one knows about it except Allah Is this clear to you, Sister Horeva? Did you get the answer? It is the charity that you give when you are doing it secretly. Islam. Any question? 
monitor. Any questions? Recently, I became very concerned about gaining the most reward out of my short life. I do my obligations and try to do extra nawafal to my ability. Alhamdulillah. But still, I look at the students of knowledge in Medina with all dua that angels do to them. And where their prayers are multiplied in the Masjid al-Nabawi. And then I compare it to doing the da'wah amongst corrupt society. And enduring the harm from the or even someone holding a weapon and defending the country in jihad. How can we attain most rewards in our short life? And how should we choose the best for our hereafter? Since we can't be in all places and do all those deeds at the same time. MashaAllah. Alhamdulillah. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reward you according to your intention. See, you can get the reward of all this by the this beautiful and noble intention. You can get the reward of the mujahid. When you have the intention to participate in jihad, the Prophet ﷺ said, مَنْ شَهَادَةَ بِصُدْقٍ بَلَّغَهُ اللَّهُ مَنَازِلَ الشُّهَدَاءِ فَإِنْ مَاتَ عَلَى فِرَاشَهِ He who asks Allah to be a mujahid, to die as a martyr, Allah will grant him martyrdom even if he dies in his own home, in his own bed. You can also get the reward of the students of knowledge if you have the sincere and the true intention to seek knowledge and to wish to be there. But circumstances stops you from being there. Then with this intention you will get the reward. See, this is Allah's generosity which no one can limit it. The Prophet he said in one of the hadith When he was heading back to Medina, coming from the jihad, he said, by Allah, no mountain, no mountain we climbed, or valley we crossed, except that there are brothers who shared with us the reward of that. They remain behind us in Medina. 
saw those brothers, Muslims, who remained behind in Medina, they did not go for the jihad, and yet they got the reward and they shared the same reward of all the Mujahideen because of their intention. So with the intention, my dear brothers and sisters, you can get the reward and you can reach the Firdaus A'la though you didn't do that particular good deed but you intended to do it the hadith of the Father and Muslim the Prophet said a man Allah has given him wealth and he spent it fi sabir Allah building masjids, schools, etc. Another poor fellow said, I wish I had done the same thing. The Prophet ﷺ said, both of them will get the same reward. The poor fellow will come on the day of resurrection and he will find in his record that he built this number of masjids. Though he didn't do it because of his intention. Then the Prophet ﷺ went on and he said, And another man, Allah has given him wealth, and he wasted this wealth in disobeying Allah. And another poor fellow said, Oh, this guy is lucky, I wish I had money like him, so I would have enjoyed myself. The Prophet ﷺ said, Both of them will receive the same punishment. So the poor fellow there, he didn't drink alcohol, he didn't... Uh, commit zina, he didn't do anything but because he wished to do it both of them will receive the same punishment on the day of resurrection so you can see my dear brothers and sisters with the intention you can reach the highest level in paradise, in the jannah, in heaven or you can go to the hellfire with, according to your intention and you know the hadith when the Prophet ﷺ said when the two Muslims faced one another in fighting to kill each other both the murder and the murderer the murdered and the murderer the killed one and the killer both of them are in Jahannam in the hellfire and when the Prophet was asked why the one who was murdered should go to hell he said because he was keen to kill his brother but he didn't get the chance had he got the chance he would have killed his brother so people will be rewarded according to your to their intentions and may Allah reward you according to your noble intention and may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us pure intentions Amen is this clear to your brother?
son, the Prophet according now your question, would the person get the same reward of the shaheed? The answer yes, according to the hadith of the Prophet Because he asked Allah sincerely to grant him martyrdom, so Allah will give him the same reward. And this is the Allah's generosity and this is the gift of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. that they are some are sick and have urination and wind problem. Not only the old, some young too. What will they do for Salah? How many times do they have to make ablution? And a person who is having this problem, he should take wudu for every Salah, every Salah. And uh, if during the Salah urine came out or wind, he should carry on praying and his salah or her salah is correct. Just like a woman who is having continuous bleeding. Uh, another question. Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi Is covering the feet obligatory on women? We answered this question many times. Yes it is. And if so, what evidence? The evidence is the hadith in Tirmidhi. The whole body of the woman is awa. And uh, there is no exemption made. So whoever claims that it is not awra and want to exclude it from the generality of this hadith, he has to come with a clear cut evidence. The hadith says the entire So now to make an exception a clear cut evidence, explicit evidence from the Sunnah of the Prophet that says that the feet are not awra. Is this clear to the questioner? Gariba fi dunya. Okay. Question says by Gilani, is it permissible to run your feet under water when doing wudu? Or is it necessary to wash the feet with your hands? Yes, there is something called rubbing. So you rub your feet when you are dark, when you are washing them, and also you put your fingers between the toes to make sure that the water entered between your toes. So that is not the correct practice which people are doing. I have read that when enemies attack a region, it becomes farb'ayn to them to fight. If they fail to defend it, it becomes farb on the near most countries, and so on, considering the situation of Palestine and Iraq. The jihad, my dear questioner, is farb'ayn long time ago since we lost Spain. And the whole ummah is in sin. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgive us all. Next question. Concerning the rights of women in Islam. In 
Eastern cultures, women do not tend to have much of choice in choosing their husbands. Does Islam dictate that a woman should marry for her family's sake or for her own happiness? For her own happiness, of course. And uh, in Islam, uh, Allah has given the woman the right that no one can force them to accept a partner that they don't like. No one has the right to do that. So this is the choice of the woman. If her family, they said you should marry this and she doesn't want, by all means she has the right to say no, and no one can force her. But the reality that many women, they accept because of the social pressure. So, and they uh, accept and they cope with this husband and they have children and they uh, carry on with their life. But of course that is a wrong practice. That's one thing. The second thing, also, we have to understand that the uh, Not always a husband proposed by her family should be rejected. Because in Islam that was the practice. Normally the parents are the ones who will look for their uh, daughters, for husbands for their daughters. And normally in, uh, the daughters would accept the choice of their uh, parents because parents normally will choose the best for their children. Parents who fear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But unfortunately later on, because people, they became less pious, then they started looking for other things, not for the deen. They started looking for a dunya. So if the man is rich and uh, is from such family, etc., even if he doesn't pray, they will say he's a good husband. So in a nutshell, uh, the, uh, answering your question, it is for the sake of the happiness of the woman herself, not for her family. But if she accepted, that is her choice. Adim, is this clear to you? Question says, uh, a person who has the Salafi Aqeedah, okay, the Salafi Aqeedah means the right belief, the, the Aqeedah, the belief and the doctrine of the Salaf. Salaf means the Sahaba, the companions. So every Muslim should have this Aqeedah. His, his belief should be the right belief, the belief of the Prophet and his companions. But his way is not uh, in accordance to the way of the companions. Uh, does one label as being uh, uh, Salafi due to his correct Aqeedah or is out of the sun? This is a sickness now we are facing where people starting labeling each other as uh, they made the deal like, you know what, like membership, club membership. SubhanAllah. As if it is a club. So, I can make you from the safe sect, Firqa Najia, and I can take you out. Alhamdulillah that this is not any people. 
the Prophet I want you to understand the hadith. The Prophet when he said that the Jews were divided into 71 sects, the Christians into 72, and my Ummah will be divided into 73. He said the Jews were divided into 71 sects. One will go to heaven, 70 to hellfire. The Christians were divided into 72 sects. One will go to heaven, 71 to the hellfire. My Ummah will be divided into three, 73 sects. One will go to heaven, 72 to the hellfire. We said that he was asked, he was asked, who are they, the one that are going to heaven, to Jannah, the group that's going to be delivered? He said, those who are upon what I am upon today, those who are upon what you are upon today, those who follow my footsteps and your footsteps. So any Muslim, any Muslim, who follows the footsteps of the Prophet according to his best, and he is trying his best to follow Kitab and Sunnah according to the understanding of the Prophet and his companions. Even if he made mistakes here and there, not intentionally, he will remain, inshallah, within safe sect. Now, what is the manhaj? I am sure many of you always hearing this and some of you are deafened by this repetitive manhaj, the manhaj. What is the manhaj? The manhaj basically means way, the way. So the way is the methodology. The way of what? It is the way the way of understanding the Qur'an and understanding the Sunnah. Now, okay. This person, his belief is correct as mentioning here in the question, but his manhaj or minhaj is wrong. Now, who defines that his manhaj is wrong? You have to, you have to list down and say, the Prophet says this, and this is how the Prophet explains this issue to us, and this man is saying the opposite. The companion said this, and this man is saying the opposite. If it is like that, that he is acting always to the contrary of the understanding of the Prophet and his companions, then yes, this guy really is deviating from the state path. He is deviating from the manhaj, the way of the Sahaba, like the Khawarij. At the time of Ali, the Sahaba, they understood the Qur'an and their understanding was totally different. So yes, then that means they deviated from the right path of the Sahaba, the companions. 
Are you following brothers and sisters? We should not just be a blind followers because X scholar, X church said this about X person, then he is out of the Ahl Sunnah wal Jama'ah. No, it doesn't work that way. You have to say that the belief of Al-Sunnah is this, and this guy is saying this, this, and that, and that, which is totally different. Then you have the right to say he's not on the right path. But if this man disagrees with you on issues not related to the belief, in issues of itihad, in issues of fiqh, you cannot say he's not on the right man hajj, he's not on the right way. So please avoid vagueness and generality. We have to discuss things scholarly and don't accept any statement of any scholar blindly. Otherwise, you are making that particular scholar Masoom, invaluable, you will elevate him to the status of the Prophet Don't come and say, Imam Ahmad said about this person, this and this and that. Good, excellent. Imam Ahmad said about that particular person because he knows that particular person. And now tell me, tell me our time, whose taqwa is like Imam Ahmad? Do you think Imam Ahmad when he said that about that particular person, he said it out of desire? No. He said it for the sake of Allah for the deen. And Imam Ahmad, he knew that person very well. Today, <laughs> see what happens. I'll give you a few examples. A person will go from the UK, from London, to a sheikh in Arabia, and will tell him, oh, sheikh, we have this brother in the UK, and he does this and this and this and this and this and that. And the sheikh will give the fatwa, he is deviant. Don't listen to him. Don't attend his circles based on this information that he got. And then this brother will record that fatwa of the sheikh. Go to the UK, spread it. Put it on the website. There's this and this about this brother. When the sheikh himself doesn't know the other brother about whom he gave the fatwa. He gave the fatwa based on this information he received. And this brother who conveyed the information is lying. And there are no cases. And there are proofs for it. This is not the way of the Salaf. Our Shaykh Nasuddin al-Dani rahimahullah. When someone would come to him And he wanted the 
then he would listen and said, okay, let us see. And many of the brothers, they went to our, our Sheikh Nasruddin Albani with some lectures recorded for some dua. And they will just take the clip, the clip of what they wanted from their whole lecture and they will play it to the Sheikh Nasr. Say, Sheikh, what do you say about a person who says this? And they will play the clip for the Sheikh. The Sheikh will smile and say, let us see what is before and what is after. In other words, in what context, <laughs> in what context he said it. Because those people with sick heart, they are hunting in troubled waters. They wanted to give she the fatwa of the Sheikh. So all the attempts they failed, and the Sheikh Rahimahullah was always trying to balance the brothers. Always. So this is a sickness, my dear brothers and sisters. It is a disease. It is high time to stop it. It is high time to focus on your own deeds, and your taqwa. It is high time to learn your deen. It is high time to start sorting out your priorities and stop labeling the people. Call to the Kitab and Sunnah with wisdom and hikmah. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala keep us on the straight path. May Allah keep us on the path of the Sahaba, on the path of the Salaf. May Allah grant us the manners and the adab of the Salaf. Ameen. Ameen. May Allah reward all of you and protect all of you. Barakallahu Next question. says there is a hadith which says if someone does not give bay'ah to the khalifa then he dies not as a kafir not as a kafir he will die as uh, having a, a part of hypocrisy. The hadith is correct and it talks about the Khalifa and the Khalifa is absent. Now there is no Khalifa for the Muslims. So when the Khalifa comes, insha'Allah, when the Mahdi comes, then everyone, okay? Meanwhile, Ummah now is without bay'ah. And don't be fooled and go and give bay'ah to anyone who tells you I am Khalifa. There is one in London who is saying he is Khalifa. And some of the ignorant Muslims and brothers and sisters, they went and gave him bay'ah. Bay'ah, Khalifa of Muslims in London. Hello? Caliphate is established in London. Allah Akbar. Allah Yeah. <laughs>
question. <laughs> okay, no problem. in London. Okay, good. Good promo. Good promo. How are we supposed to deal with uh, non-Muslims who are racist and hate Islam? Like if they throw beer, beer cans at you. Uh, see, you are minorities in the West. So if this happened in an area which is dominated by the non-Muslims, what can you do? Just ignore the fools and go ahead. But if this happened in a place which is dominated by Muslims, I'm sure first of all it will not happen because this person will think about what will happen. He will be beaten up because the whole area are Muslims. So, that's number one. Number two, we should not, we should not try to go to such areas which we know it is populated by racists. And if we go, we have to take all the precautions to protect ourselves. So in other words, we should try to behave ourselves as true Muslims and try to give a good example and good image. That's what I can say now. The question says, my question is, it is said, our souls are taken when we sleep. We, know, we now know, scientifically, there are different stages of sleep. Does this mean if we die, are our souls stuck in a place between heaven and hell? What proceeds if we die in our sleep? The sleep is a sleep. The stages you are talking about, it is just before that like slumber, when you are still, just started to doze, started to, to enter into the sleep. But when you are in the sleep, deep sleep, where you don't feel your surroundings, and that's when the Prophet said, when the person sleeps, his anus opens. The anus opens. That's why he said, Al-Ainu Wika'usah. Fa'idha na'umat al-Ain, intalaqa The Prophet said, the eye is the wire string by which you tie the anus. So when the eye is closed, that string is untied, untied. So that is the sleep. So when a person is asleep, his soul is taken away to Allah, but not totally. There is this the link remains attaching, it will still have has an attachment with the body. That's why you are breathing. So it doesn't leave the body totally. 
So the separation is not total separation. Now, the souls are with him. The souls are with him. Some he keeps with him. So in the morning you will not get up because you will die. And many people died in this sleep. Some souls he sends back. Well, that's why you get up in the morning and you say the dua. Alhamdulillahi alladhi ahyana ba'dama amatana wa ilayhin nushur. Glory be to Allah who has given us life after we were dead. So he brought us into life after we were dead. Is this clear to you, Adim? Could you please explain the different ways we should forbid, forbid the evil? Inshallah. Could you give details especially on the actions of the hand? Well, you see, the enjoying what is right and forbidding what is evil, it needs, it has its own fiqh and understanding. The Sharia never came to maximize evil. The Sharia came, as Sheikh Islam Ibn Taymiyyah said, the Sharia's targets and objectives are to maximize the good, the khair, try to maximize it, and minimize the evil. Maximize the good, minimize evil, or eradicate evil if possible. So the purpose of the Sharia to eradicate and approach the evil if possible, otherwise try to minimize it. So we have to keep this in mind. Now, if when you enjoy that desire, the Amr bin Ma'roof, and forbidding what is wrong. If by doing so you are going to maximize the evil and make the evil more, then it is haram. It is haram to change, to change the muntar, to change the evil. This evil, never change it. Leave it as it is. Because you are going to become worse. That's why in Makkah, Allah say to the Muslims, Kufu Aidikum, hold back your hands. Just talk about Islam with your tongues, no hands. Why? Because if you use your hands and you are minorities, you will be wiped out. Because you are living in an ocean of mushriks who outnumber you. So if you use your hands, you will be wiped out. 
So the Prophet he was praying in the Haram surrounding the 360 idols. He did not break one idol because he was weak. And his followers are weak. Are you following? So he left the idols as they, as they are, as they were. And even the hadith in Muslim Ahmed that the Prophet came to the Haram with Ali and he asked Ali to, to go to the top of the Haram and destroy the idols, that is weak hadith. So if you heard it, you know it is not authentic. The Prophet was strangled in Mecca, choked by Uqba bin Abi Muhayyid, and he did not do anything. Why? Why didn't he ask Umar ibn Khattab or Hamza, his uncle, to say, go and kill Uqba? Because the Prophet knew the, the outcome. If Uqba was killed or assassinated, the Prophet definitely will be protected by his clan. But who will protect Bilal? Who will protect Khabbab? Who will protect Suhaib? Who will protect the poor Muslims? They will be wiped out. Because the clan of Uqba will retaliate. So that was clear in the mind of the Prophet. But he did not do anything to Uqba. Because the outcome, the evil will be more. So he kept quiet. But when he migrated to Medina, and in the Battle of Badr, Uqba was captured as prisoner of war. The moment he saw him, the Prophet said, chop off his head. He said, Oh Muhammad, I have children. He said, let them go to hell. You see, the stance is different. It's different. Why? Now the Prophet in Medina is having the other hand. He's a strong. In Mecca he was weak. Now he came to Mecca. Victoriously he entered Mecca. He destroyed all the 360 idols. So, if you have the power to eradicate evil or minimize it, it is recommended. If you don't, then you leave the evil as it is. If you can eradicate it and you have the power and no consequences, then it is recommended. If you can minimize the evil, it is recommended. If you are going to maximize it, it is haram. Leave it as it is. If it is 50 50, you don't know, it is an issue of ikhaad, and this is an area for the mujtahideen, for the jurists, for the scholars to decide and not the layman. Does this answer your question?
My dear brother, A brother here says that if Christians believe in one God, not Trinity, and not believe in Muhammad, it is still okay as with the ayah. Please explain. No, it's not okay. Because if they believe that Christ is the prophet and they don't believe in the Trinity, Christ is the one who said about the paraclete as in the book of Deuteronomy, the prophecy about the paraclete, of the comforter. So the paraclete is Muhammad the praised one, Ahmad. So you have to accept, if you believe in the Bible, the messengership and prophethood of the Prophet Muhammad And that's why, when Christ, peace and blessings be upon him, he will break the cross and kill the swine, and he will not accept anything from the Jews or the Christians except Islam. And that is when the Jews and Christians will become Muslims. Because Christ is not going to accept anything from them. And that's what we Muslims believe, and this is what Prophet Muhammad said in Hadith and Bukhari and Muslim. Is this clear to your brother? Private question says, if the wife is tired and her husband calls her to bed, but her body is hurting and she has been working all day, taking care of the house and six kids, can he force himself upon her in such conditions? This would be rape and the sin, right? No, there is nothing called rape between husband and wife. Wife, this of your mind, this is something the Western culture has put into your minds. So we are Muslims. We should have Muslim mentality. There is no rape between husband and wife at all. First of all. So every sister should understand this. So if she is tired and he forced her because he felt that he he either should relieve himself or he would commit zina. So he decided to relieve himself. Even if she is tired to uh, participate in the, in the process, there are many ways to skin a cat. She could have, she could have helped him in many ways to relieve him. And that's what he needs. What the husband needs just to be relieved. There are many ways women do. Okay. A man came to Ali bin Abi Talib and he said, Whenever I want to sleep with my wife, she complains and she says, Katakani, Katakani, you are killing me, you are killing me. What can I do? 
عليه سيد اقتلها وعلي الدية عليه سيد اقتلها and I will give the blood money أمير المؤمنين رضي الله عنه السيد سيدها عليه حداي and I will give the blood money in other words this is not going to kill her that's only an excuse women they use that is an excuse crimes right women they use so <coughs> so he said there's nothing out of context so I wanted to make it clear that this is not rape but at the same time men should be considerate and the husband should be considerate and, and he should take these things and appreciate if she is very tired that he should feel pity for her but maybe this is every day I am tired because she has six kids and she is doing the daily chores so naturally every day she is tired so what this poor fellow should do the husband six kids are there and she is doing the homework of the house so every day she is tired okay so what to do she should ask for help she should help her in the house she should sort out her day try to uh, I mean do her work every morning so that she can have she can create space and have time to to relax maybe after lunch etc but she just to keep every day she is tired or I have a headache this is always the complaint of women I have a headache, I have a headache I don't know why this headache is universal among women so coming to the question it is not a headache, it is not haram okay there I just say the husband should be considerate and should always try to understand that if he felt that he has to relieve himself and he slept with her though she didn't want it that is not right that is halal for him and there is no sin at all to hear this again remove it from your mind wipe it out rape rape my husband raped me what is this my husband raped me
there will not be any curse because there is nothing called inheritance curse or something like that what about the revenge of Allah and their children no 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 Allah doesn't revenge Allah is just this is not one of the quality of Allah in the last rak'ah of the third salah no one said subhanallah including me as all were confused after the salah they all said salam ok in this case they have to in this case they have the last rak'ah they have to repeat because they missed you said they missed the sajda In the last rak'ah they missed one sajda, you said, right? Okay, so the Imam in the last rak'ah he forgot one sajda. Then they remembered. If the gap is not short, the Imam should make salam again and that's it will solve the problem and then sujood sahih inshallah if after a long pause or later on then in that case you repeat the salah is this clear to you? brothers we I told you I'm going to be with you only for one hour because I have other commitments so I can answer only a few questions and then you excuse me. Barakalafikum. Who's next, Taliba? Quickly, please. Abu Saeed, your question, please. Next, the one after him. A girl is uh, told not to tell other people that she is very happy with her husband because of evil eye thing. Is there anything like this in Islam? Yes, there is an evil eye. So if she feels that people around her, they are common, and especially this is, unfortunately, in some communities, people, they have this hasad, uh, envy and jealousy. So if she feels that, she just should keep quiet. Keep quiet. Next, chat Islam. Next, uh, in congregation, if one enters the salah after the Imam has recited the Surah Fatiha, but is still in the first rak'ah reciting aloud the other surahs, what should one do as he has missed uh, a rukun, Surah Fatiha? 
should he make up that rakah after the imam finishes the salah after the sleep? No. No. If he joined and the imam is still uh, reciting, he has two options. Either to listen to the recitation of the imam or to read Surah Al-Fatiha quickly. And there's no need to repeat the rakah at all. So the salah is correct. The Prophet said, if you manage to catch the Imam while he's in the Rukuah, then you, have, that you count that as one rakah, though you didn't read the Fatiha. The hadith is clear in this regard. This clear to you? There's no need to repeat the rakah. I wanted to know why is it that I am being labeled as a Wahhabi? I don't know because I didn't label you, but I guess that the ones who labeled you, uh, they, uh, because you call to the Tawheed, you invite the people to worship Allah and not to worship uh, the saints and the awliya. And uh, they have this uh, sickness, many people. So if uh, the, those, uh, may Allah guide them, uh, who are, uh, they worship the saints and tombs, etc. So the moment you start calling them and tell them, don't worship the tombs or the wali or saints and worship Allah, they say you're a Wahhabi. Because Imam Muhammad Abdul Wahab, Allah, he called to the Tawheed and he fought the shirk. So they are saying that you are one of his followers. And this is actually a credit and that someone calls you Wahab. It is honor. This that means you are to the Tawheed. But we should not accept this label because we are Muslims following Kitab and Sunnah. That's why in the Da'wah they say, You are Wahhabi. He said, What is this? No, I'm not Wahhabi. I am a Muslim. And you can tell them that you have never seen any Wahhabi and no one calls himself Wahhabi. No, 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 no. Saudi Arabians are Wahhabi. No, they're not. No one calls him Wahhabi, himself Wahhabi in Saudi Arabia. They are Muslims, Sunni Muslims, following Kitab and Sunnah. Next question, please, quickly. Question says what? No, no comments, please, brothers and sisters. No comments. Question says, Zakallah for uh, all. I don't know what's that. Subhanallah, I don't know how to explain me, but I don't feel good after hearing from you around 10 days ago that you were saying Shaykh Rabi'i Hafidahullah Subhanallah You want me to say Shaykh Rabi'i May Allah destroy him? Astaghfirullah al-Azim I want to know how we can say that about a man or Shaykh 
when he's blaming people, brothers who are in the front around the world, and say that can give them to the Kafir police. <laughs> listen. If we want to cross out any scholar who makes any mistake, cross him out, you are never left with any scholar because no scholar is perfect and no Muslim scholar is ma'asum or invaluable. This is number one. Number two, what you are saying here, I don't think so that he said this and I will not accept any claim unless it is something concrete. Something concrete and supported with evidence. Not something on the net or something on a website. And even if he said it, in what context he said that? I don't want to hear a clip. In what context and what he was talking about? And even if he said it and he was mistaken in this regard, he is still a Muslim, he is still a scholar. And we say, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgive him, and may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala guide him to the truth. That is what we can do. So I don't think so that I said something wrong when I said, Habibullah, may Allah protect him. May Allah protect all the Muslim scholars. And may Allah protect them, and may Allah guide them to the right always and to help them to give the right judgment always in their verdicts. This is what we have to do and pray for our scholars. Hafizahumullah ta'ala and may Allah reward them. Ameen. yes quickly. piece of advice brothers and sisters which is the advice of Ibn Abbas never put your nose in the disputes and arguments between scholars stay away the refutations and disputes between Muslim scholars stay away from that it's none of our business we should benefit from them and she respect them. And if they say something wrong, we say this is wrong, and we are not going to accept it, and that's it. But still we respect them, that's it. So keep this in mind always. Question said, there is a brother, who has seemingly lost hope, he knows but he says he doesn't feel anymore. He has having problems paying on time. He is finding consistency near impossible. He read a Quran or praying. He is attempting to deal with his life and sort it out. But is lost on how to regard his feelings. 
of Iman and Taqwa and returning back from the darkness of sin and stagnation and advice. This Bala, he has surrendered to the Shaitan. This Bala, he has given the Shaitan the full right to lead him. So he is the one who should take the right step. Allah I received many emails from such brothers, and maybe the same brother. The door is open for you to repent. Allah will accept you. Allah forgive the one who killed 100. But if you don't want, and you still want to enjoy the sins, and you cheat yourself and say, I don't want to repent. No. If you want to repent, you quit immediately. And turn to Allah sincerely. And Allah will not let you down if you are sincere. But if you are not sincere and you are playing game, Allah will leave you in that way. So it's up to you, brother. If you want to return to Allah, Allah is inviting you 24 hours. Every night He comes down and He says, Anyone wants me to forgive him? Every night. You want him to forgive you? He's ready to forgive you. Come to him. Quit sinning. Turn to Allah. This needs strong will from you. If you don't, I'm not ready to do that. I am afraid. Shaitan will carry on pulling you until you leave Islam. Until you leave Islam, the shaitan will not leave you alone. You will carry on sinning until you come out of Islam. It's a serious issue and the ball is in your court. It's up to you to decide. What we can do for you only, that we pray for you. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala open your heart and enlighten it to the truth. Amen. <coughs> If intention is what is most important in Islam, then does it justify believers to do the acts of non-believers, for example, dating to find a good mate, playing music for the intention of bringing happiness to people, painting? No. This is a sin. This is a sin. If anyone does the haram, his intention will not make it halal. So, uh, the hadith of the intention should be understood in its context. Don't say that you are doing haram to for something, let's say you are doing haram to build masjids. So you steal to build a masjid. That is your intention. No. That will not make it halal. And this is the last question. I'm sorry, this is the last question. Those who still have questions, inshallah, tomorrow, we will try to answer them. Okay, okay, Teddy, okay. Okay, fine, okay. A brother asked a school to lower the... Uh, at a school to lower what? 
they refused. They refused, but then said, if you give us a loan for a certain amount of years, then we will reduce your child's school fees. Uh, say they say, give us uh, ten this riba. Yeah, they should not have said that. And they should not give them now the loan, because he's going also to give a benefit. And the ruling says in Sharia, any loan brings benefit to the, to the, to the, uh, to the giver, to the lender, then it is riba. So I should not give them loan now. Because they are already gives them loan, he should give it without asking them to reduce the fees for his children. So he just gives for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Okay, Admin, compost it. And that's the last one from Chat Islam. And the last one from uh, uh, Teddy. My granddad died while uh, he was not happy with my dad. The, they was uh, on bad terms with each other. What can my dad do to help his akhirah? He should, I mean, do something for his dad. If his dad didn't do the hajj, he should do it. If he did, then he can do umrah, do sadaqah for his dad. Keep always praying for is that, and inshallah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will forgive your dad if he repents sincerely and asks Allah forgiveness. And may Allah forgive your dad and your granddad, Amin. Okay, we are closing the room, Abraham's Creed. Inshallah, we'll see you tomorrow. Say, does one answer the charge that women are equal to half a man? No, in Islam, the Islam didn't say that they are half the man. The Islam says they are the sibling of men. And Nisasha Rigal, yeah, they are your, your half, and she is the second half for you. So, not because of the ayah, that ayah is talking about the witness testimony and that's different issues and not always the testimony of a woman is equal half of the man sometimes the testimony of a woman and the witness of a woman is equal to that of the man okay for instance when a woman came to the Prophet and she said I have breastfed this man and I married this woman both the husband and the wife have breastfed them the Prophet immediately said to the husband, leave your wife, she's your sister. And he accepted the testimony of one woman. He didn't say, go, your testimony is half. 
so you should not play this game. So there, in the testimony in the courts, Allah asked for two women, so one is a, is a checker, so can remind this one, and subhanAllah, even science tells that today, that the nature of a woman when she is talking, sometimes she might forget many things and slips, because that's how her mind works. So she needs a checker. And the one who created us, he knows that. So women in Islam, in some areas they are equal to men. They pray like men, they talk like men, they all the same, they get the same reward like men. In certain areas, there are certain things only women can do, men cannot. In certain areas, men can do, women cannot. So women, they complement men, and men, they complement women. This is how the status of women in Islam. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala increase the knowledge of the Muslims about their belief, and may those who are more interested to know the reality about Islam, study Islam objectively and impartially. Does this answer your question? Okay, my dear brothers and sisters, we reach the end of today's class. I'm sorry that I'm ending it before time because I had other commitments. Inshallah, tomorrow we'll meet you. Tell them the Amanullah. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.